Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel, and I appreciate you tuning in. About a year ago, I started seeing stuff pop into my social media feed. I kept seeing things that said like Core 4 and had pictures of bikes on gravel, on single track, and on pavement. I finally caved and clicked something that took me to a website that introduced me to an event in Iowa City that included gravel, pavement, single track, and rather infamous in gravel grinding circles here, B-roads, which are unimproved dirt paths or roads through farm country, basically. I was intrigued and I made plans to attend the 100-mile race in August, but then a wedding took me to Minnesota for that weekend, and I had to miss. But I definitely had FOMO watching all the fun on my feed, and I decided to make it a priority in 2023. So I just saw that registration was opening soon. So I reached out to Alex Bumeyer and Nate Kolbaum, the organizers of the event, and I invited them on Bike Talk with Dave. I'm stoked to have them here today to talk about their fun, unique event, which will be held on August 19th, 2023. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to Alex and Nate. I am here with Alex Bumeyer and Nate Kolbaum with the Core 4, what do you say, Core 4 bike race? Bike ride? Bike what? Just Core 4. Core 4. The Core Core 4 event in Iowa City, Iowa. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, guys. Welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I got that right this time. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks for the invite. We appreciate it. Yeah, uh, no worries. I I wanted to have you guys on to talk about your event because, honestly, I think it's unique and cool, and I don't want to be the one to tell people about it. I want you guys to. So, in its essence, what is Core 4? Um, Well, in its essence, it's a multi-surface gravel event, gravel being the primary surface type, but we should... um, Maybe just go into the origin story, uh, just to get some background on the influence and how this whole thing really got started. Um, you know, I was, you know, cruising through my Strava feed and I see I see Nate's RO3 training rides, and I'm like, what the hell's this? And he's riding through all these, you know, single track trails and then combining it with gravel, etc. And so I just ended up Googling Rule of Three, and we find I find this event in Bentonville, Arkansas, and, and read this Velo News article. Um, you know, that's how I discovered it, and that's actually how I, I met Nate. Um, and how did you hear about Rule of Three, Nate? Oh, uh, that's that same Velo News article. It popped up in my Facebook feed, and I clicked it. I mean, I was probably one of the first people to read the article, and I was like, right away, I was like, I. You know, I've been doing this for 15 years now, racing bikes, and it takes a lot to get me excited anymore. And I was like, this, this is what I want to do. Like, I can do good at this. You know, I could podium, I could win. I want to do this race. This is perfect for me because I, you know, I'm a pretty well-rounded rider, I think. Um, so that was it. Um, that's how I found out about it. Sure. And so I started training. I put on my Strava. You know, we were following each other on Strava, but... We're from the same hometown, but had not met uh, 
in person, not that we knew of, maybe. Yeah. Um, did do so, you guys tell your parents that you met on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> the bromance was born. Oh, that's so cute. Um, so <laughs> look at you. You guys are together in the same room, so obviously it worked. <laughs> um, I, so, I found rule of three super intriguing as well. What um, What is rule of three, Nate? Uh, so rule of three is gravel, tarmac, and single track. In Bentonville, Arkansas, which has become a mountain bike mecca, but this is a gravel race that uses, uh, for the 100-mile route, 20 miles of some of Bentonville's best single track, I guess, you know. Um, I've done it both years now, and uh, it's an amazing event. There's 10,000 feet of climbing in the 100-mile the single track is amazing. Um, a lot of risk for flat tires in the single track, but other than that, pretty straightforward event. Um, so yeah, it's just like making a gravel event where bike choice becomes a big, important decision you have to make. Tire choice, it's all amplified compared to a normal gravel race. And going so far as to even say, you know, should could you ride a mountain bike? Um, and the first year, the answer was, uh, the question was kind of answered, you know, like 95% of the people were on gravel bikes. Hmm. Um, I think the first year, one guy made it into the top 10 on a mountain bike. Uh, and this is at rule of three? This is at rule of three. Yeah. Um, How much pavement was there? Uh, same ratio that we do in core four. So it's 50 gravel, 30 pavement, and 20 single track for the 100 Okay. Miles. So pavement is significant. It is. I mean, it's, yeah, 30 miles of, uh, of pavement. So uh, a mountain bike or even a flat bar bike really takes its toll on, on those faster, you know, the fast gravel sections and the pavement. So it it really, uh, you know, it makes it a difficult choice, I think, for someone wanting to have the optimal setup. Yeah. So- Nate's, Nate's kind of on the pointy end of all this, and I'm going down, you know, also also to experience this kind of unique event, but also kind of just check out the scene. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about dabbling and doing, doing an event here in Iowa, and it had been to, like, a lot of local gravel races, and then, you know, some national ones, too, like Mid-South, Runbound. Um, but when I get down to rule three, it's just like everybody, you know, it's, it seems like kind of still like a local event, but at the national stage, you know, there's maybe 600 people there at year one. Um, so everybody seems, you know, everybody's really approachable. And that's when I met Andy, you know, at the starting line and, and Rachel, you know, takes this, this picture of us and we start emailing a little bit kind of afterwards. Like I was just kind of blown away by the culture down there, um, Bentonville in general, but then you know, at the end of their race, you know, you get a burrito handed to you, you get a beer handed to you, like you're a hundred percent celebrated. And it's just, it's just a really great feeling, you know, they nailed that. And I was like, you know, we can do this. Um, so Andy and I start kind of emailing, I'm like, Hey, you want to come up to Iowa and, and check out, you know, our scene up here. And before we know it, a couple months after, uh, the first rule of three, he's up here and, um, we're riding. We how many miles did we ride that? We did uh, that week. So Alex and I had a route, a rough route. What we wanted to do, put together. This was in July of twenty two, or no twenty one. So 21. this was over a year before 
core four. Um, we had a route idea roughly made and we split it up into two days. So it ended up being about 55 miles each day. It was like a Monday and a Tuesday in July. Pretty hot. <laughs> um, but uh, super fun. You know, we, we got a group of local riders together, um, showed them, kind of showed them the scene, took them to some breweries at Big Grove, um, introduced to some of our nonprofit partners at the bike library. And, you know, I always remember the, the, the moment where we really came up with the name of Core 4 is, you know, we dropped into this B road. Uh, I think they were like the Vincent B roads, just northeast Iowa City, just kind of a whole series of super fun, you know, fast B roads. And Andy goes, this isn't a rule of three, this is this is a rule of four. So that's kind of where the name Core 4 was born from, kind of a fun origin story of that. Um, yeah, anyway, so he you know, really saw that uh, B roads are their own kind of separate beast Kind of. Yeah, I think I think we I think we think so. You know, they're not exactly single track and they have their own dynamic. And um, we thought it was a great idea to kind of separate those out and celebrate those as well. They, I agree. They are separate beasts. I did three different Trans Iowas. The first one I did, I finished 63 miles and I walked like 24 of that 63 miles because those were all B roads and it rained four inches. So yeah, B roads have their own character. That's for darn sure. That's, that's kind of the origin story. You know, after that, that visit, he's like, let's do this. So that's how the partnership was formed. And, you know, we brought on uh, Liz Hubing with Bike Iowa City and then uh, Rachel Ravy with the May community. Could not do this without those ladies for sure. Um, and Nate took the reins on the route. You know, I definitely want to talk about the route, but um, yeah, that's that's it in a nutshell. That's how it started. Before we get into the route, I want to talk about last year because you're you're coming up on a registration date for yes. 2023, and 2022 was your first year. And did I hear you had 600 people your first year, or am I Close blowing smoke? To, yes, close to. Um, really that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, no, we were, we were we were very excited about that. We spent a lot of time, you know, developing our aesthetic on our website, uh, core4.bike, and our Instagram, um, at core4.bike. So we definitely want to show the, the aesthetic of, of Iowa and the landscapes here and the varying terrain that, that our event offers. Um, so we put a lot of effort into that. And then, you know, some of the partnerships we created, you know, with the Rule 3 or just you know, at our local level, you know, offering training rides. We can talk about that later, but kind of an awesome stat is just kind of the, the registration spread. It's in, it's in third, so a third locals. Hmm. Um, and I would consider that, you know, the Iowa City Metro um, and then Cedar Rapids. So that was kind of the big third, first third. So definitely local event. And then the second third would be the rest of the state of Iowa. Um, and so then nationally we had 25 states uh represented wow. in our first year so we're, we're super proud of that coast to coast and you know probably the biggest you know metros we're pull, pulling from or you know minneapolis chicago and, and madison but and kansas city so kind of surrounding metros and that's how we marketed and and wanted to make sure that it was very approachable and easy to get to and um have a great weekend i enjoyed a an Easy Eddie at your booth on uh, the gravel day of Ragbri. So oh, nice. thank you, thank you to Big Grove. Yeah, and that was uh, a fun day. Um, 
You know, I thought obviously great marketing to be have a booth on uh, the what they call that the Oasis. Yeah, the way, yeah at Rodman exactly. Yeah, um, in Rodman of yeah. uh, Ragbri. So, did you pull people like? Is that where you kind of got some of the national folks? Um, I'm not so sure. I'd have to look back at that coupon code. Like we developed, like you know that sign up sheet um, that day. I got to thank uh, Tony with Bike Rags for inviting us to that, and then. Um, you know, Matt for hosting that whole 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 side of rag ride. It's so exciting. But um you know, we did some outreach after that and we did get I think a few people from from that day. Uh I think a lot of it is just, you know, our partnership <laughs> with Rule Three. You know, those guys are mm-hmm. great about sending out some emails to all their registered riders, um, and making sure they're aware of it. You know, <clears throat> Betsy Welch at Velo News did an article on us, um, in conjunction with a, an event in Nebraska. Um, so just kind of, you know, we're trying to hit all facets of how we market and people showed up. I should uh, explain a little bit to you about Alex. I mean, he's boots on the ground out there getting done with this. I mean, the Velo News thing happened like he was down in Mid-South and and was doing the shakeout ride and ran into the Velo News gal and, you know, was like, hey, this is core four, like you should check us out. Let's do an article. And, you know, he's like that with literally everyone he sees. So it's so much hard work on his end. Um, and just literally squeezing out one or two people from every corner of the earth. Like that's what you got to do these days, I think, to get these sort of numbers. Um, so as far as like getting people from national level, I think it's, yeah, like he said, the rule of three and he's, um, hitting us with his uh, email list, but also, like, Alex is just really putting in work. I mean, a lot of hard work to get these people. Um, oh, that's awesome. So, so we've uh, talked a lot about Rule of Three, uh, 600 people last year. You know, I also noticed um, in your photo gallery such a wide variety of bikes, everything from uh, gravel bikes, obviously, mountain bikes, both full suspension and fully rigid and everything in between, and even some hybrids. I saw a couple of hybrids in there. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what was the winning bike? Do you know men's and women's winning bike in the 100 miler? Um, you, Nate, well, you, you should talk about this. Yeah, so I won the 100 miler. Oh, dude. Is that legal? Can you win your own race? Let's let me explain some things. <laughs> um, you you invited Payson and you put a pump through his spokes, right? I did my best <laughs> to get high caliber uh, athletes so that I, I like I told what did I say about this? Yeah, you said you didn't want to win it. I mean, and you almost didn't. I mean, it was it was a sprint. <laughs> okay, okay. So I did my best to get tough competition there. Um, also, I spent five days leading up to the thing, marking the damn thing. Right. Well, which <laughs> means you knew the course. Gravel like knowing Gravel Worlds the week before. I got, I got 17th at Gravel Worlds. Oh, wow. Um, and the 160 mile. Anyway. That's legit. Um, the bike was a gravel bike. Uh, Cannondale Super 6 Evo SE with 45 millimeter tires. Uh, what kind of what pressure? Um, 
I think, so I use the Silka tire pressure calculator to always, every race I do, I'm always running different tires. I always weigh different. Um, the train's always different. So I use the Silka tire pressure calculator. You can go to Silka's website and use that. Um, but probably in the 35 PSI range. Did you ever change it? During the race? I mean, I, listen, I've, I've followed the Iditarod where it, they could change their tire pressure five times in a day. Mm. So it's, it's a question. But the terrain oh. changes so dramatically from pavement to sugar bottom is not smooth. You right. know, the single track so, is, is rough single track. Well, so basically my solution to that is, you know, in Silka's tire pressure calculator, they have where you can pick different terrains. And so they don't offer a single track terrain, but they offer category four gravel, which is like the chunkiest of that. And that would be a really low pressure. And right. And, you know, category two gravel would be like your champagne Iowa gravel. So I kind of just go for somewhere in the middle there. Okay. Huh, interesting. With, um, women, um, that Vanessa, was Vanessa, Vanessa Curtis. Vanessa Curtis. She was uh, riding a, I think it was like a hybrid specialized. It was a, it was a, it was a Crux. Crux. Specialized Crux flat bar. Oh, wow. Um, flat bar, yeah. And she just, that's just what she chooses to ride for gravel. It wasn't specifically for core four. Yeah. Um, she, she rode that bike at all of the gravel races she did and. I think she. This is her first year doing gravel. Typically, she's been like a crit racer. Oh yeah, my yep. She yeah. and Dee know each other very well on the road for sure. Yeah, and yeah. So yeah, she's good at gravel too, I guess. Yeah. Well, she's strong. <laughs> very good. Um, she's super going strong. Going back to going back to the varying bikes you saw, like you know, we want to make sure that this event, you know, it, it's a race, but it's also a ride. Like we want to make sure that. It's very approachable. You can you can do this on whatever bike you want. Um, that's part of the challenge. That's part of the fun. You know, picking out you know what bike you want to ride, um, what you feel comfortable doing. You know, we had a we had a fat we even had a fat bike category. Wow. Um, just because we know that's a popular discipline here in the Midwest. You know, single speed, whatever you're into. You know, we don't want to. We don't want to you know, make this hard to to get involved with whatever your, whatever discipline you prefer, but make it make it approachable. There's just going to be some parts of it that might be a little bit more difficult than others. <laughs> what was the yeah, when I was what was the when I was I'm sorry. What'd you say, Dan? When I was considering it um, before I had the wedding, I was um, I was toying with you know fully rigid mountain bike with 100%. maybe two inch tires or 1.85s or something. And, and then it's like, oh, maybe, maybe gravel bike, but gosh, like sugar bottoms just hard. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah. part, one of the things that intrigues me about this, maybe the thing that intrigues me about this is the fact that the strategy begins before the day of the race, which, which I like. We have some, team events here on gravel, the gents ride and the Indy 50. And part of the strategy begins when you start forming your team. And I think it's always fun to have an event where there's a thought process. You don't just show up with your mountain bike because it's a mountain yep. bike race. There's a thought process um, 
for uh, for just showing up to the starting line. And, and I love that. I think that's super cool, and I think it's super fun. Like you, Nate, you know, I've raced for a long dang time, and, uh, you know, do you want to just show up and do another crit or another hour-long mountain bike race or another 45-minute cyclocross race or another 100k gravel race uh this is all of them and it's i just think that's super cool so uh kudos to you for bringing it up to iowa city what do you think what do you think you know you went down to bentonville saw the rule of three and what made you think iowa city was the right fit for something like this rule of three or the now core four um, well, kind of going back to training for this, like, you know, I did the 50, uh, down in Bentonville and, you know, just started riding our local single track at Sugar Bottom and then in Coralville and, um, you know, zooming in now on GIS and, and, and thinking of a venue, we should talk about the venue at some point, but like kind of poised perfectly to have, you know, a template that was, that was similar, but also offer you know similar distances where the 50 milers could get into you know at least 10 miles of single track and get back to our venue at wilson's but then the 100 milers 100 milers would get two sections of single track and you know they were spread out far enough you know i think you know we're, we're going to change the route slightly but um kind of just the right amount of everything you know and like even the pavement in between the gravel get to some of these places and you know what we call the urban encounters where you're in the city at one point hmm. um, all our b roads you know just amazing b roads i just think we have the perfect p- the package in johnson county um to celebrate this type of multi-surface riding was iowa city ripe for a big i don't know i'm going to call it regional event at this point i feel like it has the potential to to grow from where you even started. I guess it was national, one third national um, mm-hmm. participants. Um, yeah. Was Iowa City ripe with uh, Jingle going away? Like, was Iowa City hungry for another cycling event? That's a great question, um, and it's. I think you know we didn't. We're, we were very strategic with our date. Uh, being in August as far as not competing with any local events, you know, and so we stayed out of that, that cyclocross calendar. Mm-hmm. Um, that also, that data also has to do with our venue too, um, with their harvest, with their harvest of apples. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think so. Like, I think, you know, we're, where we're situated at with metros, with larger metros around us. Absolutely. You know, and like Iowa City's great for a gravel event because you know it's it's a mid-sized city but we can get to gravel relatively quickly and then you know still be you know in, in a single track or even an urban single track uh network so we have kind of you know the, the a perfect template for this type of event and then yeah at the national stage absolutely we have you know some pretty big metros around us you know with kansas city and minneapolis and chicago that um, we definitely market it and want, want, want to show off our little slice of heaven here in Iowa. <laughs> it is a little, little slice of heaven. <laughs> I have thought long that Iowa is a great 
place in order to host a national caliber gravel oriented event. Do you guys think core four could be that event? We, so this is, you know, going back to that, um, experience and, and the value to it. Um, you know, we want to grow, but we want to grow smart and make sure we're taking care of, you know, the people that are coming. So I guess, you know, how we do that, we have like a cap, we have a cap in mind, um, for 23 and for a few reasons, but making sure that the value exists, you know, we want to stay organized and keep our information stream very, you know, concise, you know, we have, you know, great partners. We can talk about that in a bit, but like, I guess just, you know, relatively conservative growth, but yeah, absolutely. Like, I think we can keep moving forward and getting numbers up, but not too quick. That way we're not detracting from the experience and we want it to feel intimate, you know, still. And, um, you know, people to be able to, to, to meet each other and make new friends and ride together and, and challenge themselves. Are you handing out burritos and beer at the finish line? We are. Are you burritos? Well, I think we did hummus wraps. So. <laughs> <laughs> was, I can picture corn on the cob. <laughs> you, you've been on Ragbri, you've seen those guys make corn on the cob like super fast or whatever. You could get yeah. the uh, the Iowa corn growers, maybe. Yeah, we should talk about that. So, like, you know, Wilson's as our as our venue. That's just an amazing location. It's, you know, it's two miles um, north of Iowa City, and and the beauty of it is that you hit gravel immediately out of the gates. You know, some of these bigger events, you're you're having to, you know, navigate, you know, a, a city before you hit that. But like with Wilson's, you're right there immediately. It's great. But it's just absolutely beautiful. It's stunning. There's, I think, 80 acres and apple orchards. They have two restaurants on site. So they they were able to, you know, kind of help out with the food end of things and the beverage end of things for sure. And that's kind of where that hummus wrap idea came from with them providing that. Um, but, yeah, no, free camping out there for two nights. Hmm. We want to make it very approachable. You know, like we're not, you know, your free vendor area, free camping, um, it's just, it's a kind of the perfect, the perfect venue for this event, you know, and it's only like, you know, two or three miles North Iowa city. So if you're not into camping, you can get a hotel room pretty quick. Yeah. And there's plenty in Iowa city and Cedar Rapids, both for oh. sure. Um, well, since we started on venue and the orchard, who else is involved with the event from a support standpoint? Sure. Um, our partner set, um, pretty robust and, and we're really, uh, proud of like, you know, definitely the locals that have stepped up for this. Um, you know, we've been plan we planned that first year, you know, well over a year and kind of started, you know, relationship building, um, with folks. So the route itself goes through, um, five different agencies. So, I mean, just that alone through permitting and, and making sure those agencies are aware of what we're, what we're up to was a lot. We have, you know, two municipalities with the city of Iowa City and city of Coralville, the University of Iowa. We have Johnson County where most of the gravel and B roads are. Um, and then the Army Corps Engineers where the Sugar Bottom Single Track Trail Network is. So those are kind of our agency partners. 
Um, the local bike shops, all the bike shops stepped up on this one. You know, Jeff's, uh, Sugar Bottom Bikes, uh, World of Bikes, and then um, Goldfinch up in Cedar Rapids. Like each one of those shops sponsor a aid station, and Ooh, they cool. make it super fun. You know, they they have a party. You know, they bring the music and costumes. I think there's some beverages flowing. Um, so just having that local support's huge. You know, all our beverage partners with Big Grove, Wilson's, and then we had some uh, national or even international, I guess, with Red Bull show up. They had some super fun activation with, with their support. And then New Belgium were the ones that provided the free beer at the finish line. Oh, wow. And then also um, helped with our advocacy with um, raffling off a one of their, like, coveted beach cruisers. Oh, sure. Which is really fun. Um and we can talk about our nonprofit partners too, but it's it's the volunteers in the, in the local community. There's so many behind the scenes folks that just kind of show up that um, just want to be part of these kind of things, and that's what makes makes local events so special and makes hosting events so special, especially when somebody comes from out of state. You know, we we definitely pounded that um, or reiterated that with everyone to like make sure they understood that hey, we're we're showing off Iowa right Iowa right now. Let's Let's roll out the red carpet. Um, so those are the kind of the key partners. You know, obviously our, our local conventions bureau, Think Iowa City, and Liz Hubing's initiative, Bike Iowa City. Um, she's on the team along with, you know, Rachel Ravy's made community. But it, it comes down to community members stepping up in all kinds of ways, whether it's at the packet pickup down at Big Grove or the folks that show up to set up the barricades and the shoot, you know, or, or build the, you know, the scrim for the cyclocross finish that goes through the orchard, just all those little things, all those little details that really add value to it. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned the, um, setting up the course, Nate, do you want to talk about the course for a little bit? And did, did I hear him just slip in a little cyclocross action uh, near yeah. the finish? So yeah, I, I've actually thought it would be amazing to have a cyclocross race at Wilson's Orchard for years now. And anyways, that's never happened, but we did uh, we did have a cyclocross finish at the venue with with the uh, fencing and and everything, just like you'd see um, at a cross race. So, so after you've done a hundred miles and you're completely exhausted, you have to dive down into the bottom of the Orchard Valley and then climb back up through grass um some did you put barricades in, in flyover uh pinwheel of death <laughs> there's talk that wilson's might want us to use more of their orchard next year so we could even expand on that a little bit that's but, awesome um, i love it so maybe it's core five because now there's cycle class <laughs> <laughs> but, we need um, cowbells hand ups yeah. So yeah, when Alex approached me with this, he had a route in mind and it's pretty close to what, you know, I tweaked it a little bit, but, you know, based on our starting location, the single track we wanted to use, there's only so many ways that you can slice it, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So the general direction and flow of the route was kind of going to be what it was no matter what. Um, I was able to locate some kind of unknown to him level C roads. Um, and kind of urban secret trails, I guess, to kind of connect everything and add a little bit of excitement, you know, 
Um, and I think Andy, some of that even rubbed off on Andy to the extent that he, in his rule of three route for 2022, he found some kind of, I guess, Arkansas B-roads, um, which were kind of inspired by the ride we took him on. Um, That's so, cool. But but yeah, so our, our route was exciting enough that it made an impression on him and he influenced him on how he made his 2022 Rule 3 route. But um, back to our route, you know, I mean, uh, like do you, do you think like a breakdown of kind of how the services go throughout the event would be maybe where to go with this? <laughs> sure. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to discuss. With a, a big flyover. A flyover of it. So let's let's start with maybe coming out of the gates of Wilson's. Like you're hitting you're hitting amazing gravel right out of the gates, and then we we had, we approached some farmers um, to make sure we got through a, a certain section of a B road that has like these really cool Osage orange trees through it, and um, I think you made a segment in there. It's called like Core Four First Blood or something. Right? So the first like five miles contains like four B and C roads. So right off the bat, it, it becomes more technical than your average gravel race. So uh, I made a Strava segment that's basically warning warning the people that maybe are not so good at bike handling and and, and more on the roadie side than the mountain bike side, like. Hey, watch out for this. Like you need to be on your toes right away, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, within the first five miles, you're riding a private property level C road that we had to get special permission to ride. Um, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> we had to mow out some areas too. Like some of these C roads, you know, they're not even that well used B roads anymore. We're like, we got to include this. Like our motto is no surface untouched. You know, we want to make sure that we're getting, the the user to, to everything the biker the bike goes over everything like you're going through boardwalks in wetlands at points you know you're going across the coralville dam and looking over you know this beautiful lake you know there's you know the urban experience where you're you know going through a city you know on a on a separated paved trail through through trails and it's just it's super unique and then you know 10 miles later, you're back on gravel all of a sudden. It's just like, wow. You know, like you've got to stop by Casey's at one point. That's one of the aid stations. There's just oh, wow. so much diversity that you're not going to get bored doing this. You know, it's not going to be that typical gravel grinder. It's going to have a lot of stimulus, you know, throughout, no matter what the experience. You know, each of the distances, whether it's the 100, the 50, or even the 25. You know, we've got a 25-mile intro ride that's so fun. It goes through, you know, those Vincent B roads and, and does sections of that, that farmscape we talked about. And it's just, it's just a really neat experience, and it has something for everybody. Oh, very cool. Tell me about some of the amenities on the, the uh, thing. You mentioned the bike shops have an aid station, and then you just threw in an aid station at a Casey's. Uh, yeah. Hunter Miler, how many how many supported stops can they expect? <clears throat> I think there's five, six. So two of the aid stations, this is actually another great thing about the route, is two of the aid stations are in spots where you pass by them twice. So Oh, perfect. Um, like the 100-mile route, you get an aid station at mile 15, 
And then the next one is when you start the single track at Sugar Bottom, which is like mile 25. Right. And then you go through it again at mile 35. So one aid station accomplishes two, you know, two different spots. Yeah. And then the next one is the Goldfinch aid station, which is in the Coralville single track. So you pass that at like mile 60 and 70, you know, so mm -hmm. that's one aid station for two different locations. Um, and then World of Bikes did the KC's and Hills, which is like mile 80, probably. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. We, we had yeah. to include a KC's. It would not be, a, you know, a gravel ride without a KC's stop for sure. Agreed. Um, but, you know, just the bike shop stepping up to support that uh, that aid is, is huge. So I can't, I can't say enough about that. And making it fun, you know, adding value to that. Like, it's, you know, it's relatively unsupported. But, you know, you, if you get to the same station, you're going to have a good time. You know, you're going to have, you're going to be taken care of. And at least you know that there's somebody out there waiting for it. And it gives you a goal to get to. Um, I think probably Sugar Bottom was the craziest aid station, um, just in terms of, you know, both the 1500 milers going through there and just packing that many people into a network of single track. You know, we definitely made sure that there was support there. And Big Grove was there for sure, but then also uh, Nate Sugar Bottom crew. And then one of our, um, oh yeah, our energy uh sponsor embark out of wisconsin oh, you know, i love guy, eric yep yeah he's a great awesome. dude he in his fox suit and runs around so he yeah had, he does you know, his, his his crew there also and it was just a super fun scene but um yeah i mean that we also have i should i should highlight our moto team we've got a really awesome uh group of guys on on motorcycles out there supporting this too you know and they're they're you know communicating with me back at Wilson's um, or communicating with each other. And we're kind of monitoring how this whole thing's moving through the County. And so they're taking care of people a bit too. Like they're, they're making sure that everybody's aware of where they need to be or, or how, how far every, everyone is in the course. Um, you know, and they were out there till the last person finished like at 10 PM, you know, oh, wow. making sure everybody gets back safe. So, I, I definitely got to highlight that too, based on your question. Of, of, of uh, do you got J Mac out there motor pacing Wout? Yeah, he's he, uh, yeah, yeah. Jason Jason McCartney was involved, absolutely. Ken Leffler, uh, Ben Kasky, and Neil Gone were the were the moto team. Those guys are amazing. They're out there yeah, that's, for a very long time, making sure people got got to where they needed to be. That's a great ben, crew for sure. Ben was rolling on his moto with us in the lead group for anywhere he could you know and he was having a blast like it was cool to have him out there and then saw ben Kasky as well um so yeah i mean that's that's super cool to have a motorcycle riding along with you when you're racing or just even riding you know you kind of feel big time <laughs> oh you are big time nate <laughs> talk about we can talk about our registration model a little bit if you like oh yeah i am curious about that uh registration yeah. is open well first of all i don't know and shame on me uh, i'll do it in the opening but uh august 19th is the date of the 2023 event yeah uh, is that correct correct and you are opening registration december 2nd um what is the model for registration I would assume you have some tiers based on dates or numbers. Uh, we've got tiers based on a few things. So um, 
you know, we, we've expanded the categories. But before we go into that, I want to talk about our, slide, our sliding scale model. Um, relatively unique to our event. And, and again, making sure that we are engaging as many people as possible that want to participate in this. You know, we realize everybody doesn't can't afford a really nice bike or has a hundred bucks to spend on a bike event. So our way of breaking barriers for entry and addressing socioeconomic injustice is the sliding scale model. So you can register for core four at $65, $85 and a hundred or $105. So there's no questions asked. We believe the value of this event is, is probably much actually much greater than 105 based on the experience you're getting and the value that we've added to it. But uh, we're really proud of that. And we want to make sure that people understand that they can register whatever that, whatever they can. Um, huh. That's interesting. That, did you, yeah, did you do that last year? We did. And what did, did you find? Um, there were some skeptics who were like, oh, everybody's going to take advantage of you guys, you know, and go for this, um, you know, whatever. Like, 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 you should know that we are giving back to local nonprofits. And mm. I think, you know, I, I, I haven't looked at the data real close, but I think, you know, a lot, most people actually did the 105. I'm pretty sure. I think it was, I think it was a very true and honest. I mean, I looked at it and it was like, yeah, I think most of the people paid the full amount and huh. I feel like it was a genuine representation. I feel like probably the amount of people that paid 65, probably, you know, that was <clears throat> legitimate. Like this is what I feel comfortable paying for this. Yeah. Like, yeah, we don't, yeah, we don't, um, I mean, we want, we want to make sure that people understand that we put a lot of passion into this and, you know, there is a budget, but we are giving the proceeds back to local nonprofits that are bike centric. And I guess that's a good segue to, into that is, you know, our, our fundraising efforts to make sure we're getting, you know, all bodies on bikes is this is a mechanism, you know, it's, it's an event, it's a race, it's a ride. It's a, it's an awesome weekend. It's a party. Um, it's getting, you know, new people into the sport, but it's also a mechanism to, to assist with that through our nonprofit partners, which are the Iowa city bike library. Um, the Iowa, um, Iowa coalition off-road riders, Neighborhood Centers of Johnson County and uh, the Cordo Devo uh, Junior Cycling Team, that development team. So these are the groups here in Iowa City that are, are making things happen at pretty much every level to get pe more people involved in the sport. So we want to make sure we're taking care of them and we're doing that through our registration model, but also at the same time making sure people can, can participate no matter their background. Huh. That's pretty cool. That's an interesting concept. Um, I guess I would, one last thing I would say is to any other race promoters out there, I 100% would not say avoid doing the sliding scale. Like it, I think it really worked well. Um, and it's 100% voluntary. Yep. 100%. People pay there's, whatever they're comfortable paying. Uh, the way we did it, there's coupon codes to pay. Okay. Like the price is 105 and then we provide coupon codes as a pop-up notification when you register. Like, if you want to pay this, here's coupon code to pay 85 here's the one to pay 65 and then they just have to enter that in, and that's how it works. Huh, that's interesting. That's very cool. Um, does the fee go up with time? Um, not that, not for 23. No, no. we're going to, we're going to do the same, exact same thing, and like, I think we also want to include some, 
some more categories too. Like in, in that, that conversation of growing, um, do you want to talk about the additional cats with age, age classes? And- yeah, so we, we did do age groups last year. We just didn't advertise it. Um, so we had some people that, you know, said, we're not signing up because you're not doing age groups, which I understand. Um, mm-hmm. But then the people that did do it, they got the reward of finding out that they got to win age group. Very kind cool. of a surprise and delight. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we had, uh, I think, I think we had every category was won by someone from Iowa City in 2022. So all the age groups, the single speed, and most of the women's um, were all won by locals. Um, it's kind of irrelevant, but just something I noticed. Um, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. But we're making the the age groups are you can actually sign up for age groups now. So um, when you register, you just register for your age group. It's forty plus or forty to forty nine, fifty to fifty nine, sixty plus. So Dang it. I figure I'm forty now, and I want it. Last year we don't, we don't need age groups <laughs> less than forty. Yeah, that's fair. Dave, you know when I was when I was in my twenties. They had a 30 plus category and all the like big crits and stuff. And yep. as soon as I turned 30, they went away. And then when I turned <laughs> That's because you turned 30. All the 35 plus. I've never been able to race age group in my entire life, man. But, <laughs> That's funny. Anyways. I remember my first master's race, quote unquote, speaking of that. It was Iowa City, uh, Old Capital Criterium. And I was like, oh, I get to race in the master's. And and uh i look around and it's like freaking um oh shoot the dude from muscatine chris uh i don't know all the fast guys leffler was probably there um dave lipold like everybody turned 30 or 35 the same year i did and i was like oh great now i'm just racing a bunch of freaking cat ones who are warming up for the cow one two pro race yeah. which was true and i think i lasted like five laps before they yanked me on out of there but yeah. um yeah i hear you I, I do remember when masters was 30 and uh that seems i mean i have children who are almost 30 now so it seems right. very very but young to have a master's category yeah. Anyways, what were what were we talking about before? I don't know. That was a that was a long sidebar yeah. about being old. I think you get a couple of racers together and they start uh, <laughs> it's registration. I think is what we're talking about. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, so what happens December second? You guys have a um, hard field limit or a, a soft field limit? And soft. Right soft. Now. Okay. Um, do you like are obviously this is a dumb question but obviously you want to encourage people to sign up soon after december 2nd but um you may run into people on ragbri and and do you think there will be the opportunity to register throughout the spring and summer or do you see this filling up pretty quick we're gonna wait and see what happens um you know, we're going to do some marketing here coming up and kind of build this thing up early. We want to get ahead of things. It just seems like everything's ratcheting up for 23. So just so we stay organized and, and keep the value to the event, uh, we thought it was the best to open sooner r- rather than later. But, 
it all depends on what happens on December 2nd. Yeah, and I suppose being on uh, this podcast will probably cause a ruckus and I fill up. What what time does it open? We might need to increase the cap, Alex. <laughs> what time does registration open? Uh, 8 a.m. Yep. 8 a.m. You know, I, I guess the hope is that uh, people, you know, everyone that did it last year will sign up because they're just stoked about it. Not because they think it's going to fill up or any other reason, but like, I'm stoked. I want to support this event and I can help promote it by just signing up early, you know? Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot to ask someone to sign up for a race nine, eight months <laughs> ahead of time. But, um, you know, I guess if it just comes down to it, like it really does show your support, sign up early get it on your calendar and it's just more motivation to, to train and, you know, be excited for 2023. Yeah. I, I don't think it's too much to ask for people to sign up now. Uh, gravel world's registration is open. Um, unbound, like all of the, all of the big gravel races registration is open. So, uh, I feel like you got to get your nose in there and, and get people to commit now rather than try and fit it into their schedule later. Mm-hmm. And people are making their schedules right now. So I think it's smart. I, I saw that and I was like, dang, is this a January event? No, it's August. And they're, that, that's awesome. So I'm glad we could have you on now before it opens and uh, help people get excited about coming to Iowa City in August. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having us. Um, really appreciate you and, and your work with your podcasting. And just, yeah, I guess for listeners, check out the website, uh, follow along on Instagram. And it's core4.bike. That's awesome. I did not know there was a dot bike. I don't even know what you call that little thing. Not dot com, but. Domain? (laughs) Is that your domain? Domain. Yeah. Well, no, domain's core4, but the dot bike, I think is awesome. I got to figure out what to get. Bike Iowa or bike Iowa. Bike Iowa dot bike. Actually, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, uh, <laughs> don't tell Scott I said that. Scott, go get bike Iowa dot bike. Uh, bike talk with Dave dot bike. Bike talk dot bike. I love that. I thought that was super cool. So, core four dot bike, Instagram and on the interwebs and get signed up right now. Well, in two weeks or three weeks or whatever. Get ready to get ready. Get ready to get ready. Yeah, I appreciate you guys being on and making time for me and for being on Bike Talk with Dave. Thank and you, my sir. little dog, Bo. He says hi. Bo. Come on. Hup, hup. Come on. There we go. There's Bo. Hey. He's a good little boy. <laughs> um, all right. Anything else we're missing? I think we got it, man. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. All right. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell people. Uh, I should probably come and have like a little podcast booth and do a pod from Wilson's Apple Orchard, shouldn't I? Yeah. That's a Should we talk testimonials real quick? Because you could do a podcast testimonials booth. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Let's do. Okay. Yeah. So we, um, we sent out this survey email to everybody after after the event and uh, just want to get their feedback and ha- how they felt about the experience, like how can we improve, what did we do right? Um, 
and we also gave him, you know, this opportunity to to provide like a testimonial or a <laughs> a quote. <laughs> the quote, yeah. We got a couple if you want to hear them. Yeah, you're laughing, so I can't say no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now you take the first one. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> All right. I quote, no surface untouched. Yeah, including my blank five-letter word. Uh, guessing it rhymes with paint. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, man. Uh, here's a hundred miles quote. This one's kind of long. Have you ever spent time in a beer cooler at Casey's with no intention of buying a beer? Just stood there and considered your life choices up until that point. And wondered if you've made... Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Mental note. We go on and on. You know, we got hundreds of these things. So check out the testimonials page on the website. It's it's super fun. we got some great pictures of um, just the experience. Uh, that's awesome. Well, I can't that's... wait. I definitely had FOMO this year, and I can't wait to be involved uh, in 2023. And... Uh, you know, look for my name on or about December 2nd. I'm not going to wait too long. I don't want the dang thing to fill up. So <laughs> I, I'm going to jump on early. Well, again, I appreciate it, you guys. Thanks tons for being on. And we'll see you in August. Thanks to Alex and Nate. Be sure to give them a follow on Instagram and check out registration at core4.bike. It really sounds like a great event, and I hope to see you there. I plan on riding it but also working on another experiential podcast from the weekend. I hope you enjoy those, and I hope to see many of you out there. Thanks also for tuning in to Bike Talk with Dave. It would be awesome if you'd show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. And of course, if you really dig it, share it with your friends. And if you'd like to support the show financially and help improve this podcast, you can look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com or hit me up on Venmo at David-Mabel. If you do, I'll be sure and send you a thank you with a Bike Talk with Dave sticker. There's a link to buy me a coffee in the show notes. I also want to thank BikeIowa.com for being the online host of Bike Talk with Dave. BikeIowa.com is your one-stop shop for all kinds of cycling events, including Core 4 as well as news, information, and trails in Iowa and around the Midwest. Every week, new events are added. Be sure to bookmark bikeiowa.com and check back often. And if you are hungry and looking for a unique treat for your company holiday or end of year party, check out DSM Boards. Order a custom charcuterie board from DSM Boards, which is located in Des Moines and serves all of central Iowa. They serve everything from breakfast-themed boards, holiday boards, or traditional meat and cheese platters. DSM Boards loves to try it all. Check them out on Facebook or Instagram where you'll find lots of great ideas and connect at dsmboards at gmail.com. Bike Talk with Dave is a production of Summit Media Films, an award-winning independent film company. Whether for a 15-second video or a two-hour documentary, Summit Media is up for anything. Check out our films, 1,000 Miles to Nome and Down the Kuskokwim, as well as Reach for the Stars, 
at adventureplus.com. Thanks again for listening. Keep the rubber side down, and I hope you have a great week.